Well, hello and welcome to Theological Ramblings. Your three pastors here at Trinity are putting together a little podcast just so that people can uh, have some more access to God's Word. Now, the concept behind this podcast is we are going to go through the various lessons of the Catechism. So, this is going to be kind of a more topical podcast um, where we take a doctrine of the Bible and we talk about it. So I am your host, Pastor Phil Janish, and I'm joined by Pastor Tom Fricky. Could you say hi to the audience, Tom? Yeah, hi. I'm happy to be here. And we have Pastor Ross Henze here as well. Thank you very much, Phil. Thanks for having us on. Awesome, awesome. All right, so The first lesson in the Catechism is simply titled The Bible, and this lesson analyzes and defines what the Bible says about itself. Now, just so you, our audience, knows as we're talking, if we use the words Scripture or Bible or God's Word, we're using all of those terms interchangeably. They mean the same things. We're talking about the 66 books of the Old and New Testament. Now, interestingly enough, Luther's original small catechism did not include a lesson or a statement about the Bible. Tom, could you speculate for the audience why the authors of this new edition of the catechism included a lesson about the Bible? Yeah, I think that's a a really good question. It's a fair question, and it really comes down to one simple thing, that uh, the authority of the Bible was never challenged. It was never questioned until way after the time of the Reformation, after the time of Luther. So in about the 1800s, the idea that um, uh, perhaps uh, the Bible, God's Word, is not as authoritative or is not as as, uh, accurate as it once was thought, that started to catch catch on. And uh, here in the 20th century in America, Church bodies have started to uh, seriously question what uh, uh, what the authority of God's word really is. Yeah, thank you, Tom. All right. Now, before the lesson gets into talking about the Bible, it does mention a few things we believe about God. Primarily, that we believe that there is a God. The scriptures give us two reasons why it should be obvious to everyone that there is a God, and these two reasons are still the primary arguments people use to defend the existence of God. Ross, could you explain the two reasons the Bible gives why it should be obvious that God exists? Well, I'll try my best. Uh, I think everybody, we would say that everybody knows that there is a God. Uh, The Bible goes and says if if a fool says in his heart there is no God. Um, So we would say everybody knows that there is a God through what is called the natural knowledge of God. And by the natural knowledge of God is that you know from nature and from your conscience that there actually is a supreme being, something out there that is in control of everything. So when we look at what the Bible has to say in Psalm 19, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God, The skies proclaim the work of his hands. And so if you've ever seen a beautiful sunset, if you've ever sat in the woods, if you've seen an ocean, if you've ever looked up at the night sky and seen all the stars there, 
I mean, you cannot help but be affected by the majesty of this creation and to think that this all came together purely by chance just doesn't even seem logical. So take a look at the world around you, nature around you, and it lets you know that there's someone out there. And the other thing is by your conscience. And in the book of Romans, we're told the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences being bearing witness, their thoughts now accusing, now even defending them. So trying to explain it a little bit easier, a conscience is that little voice inside of you that tells you the difference between right and wrong. And so everybody knows that it's wrong to steal. You know it's wrong to talk back to your spouse or to your parents. Uh, because why? Well, you feel guilty that you did something wrong. And so that's your conscience that's telling you that uh, something is not right. And now, how do you know that? That's all part of what God, uh, how he wants us to live. And so that right there is a very good clue that uh, that there is a supreme being out there. So by nature and your conscience, the only problem with the natural knowledge of God is it doesn't tell you who that God is. And I believe we'll probably be getting into that next. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Really appreciate that answer, Ross. One of the ways my dad always described it in catechism is he said, if you look at a table, you assume there's a table maker. Other people like to point to paintings and they say, you look at a painting and you naturally assume that there's a painter. We look at creation and the beauty of wonder of creation and we can naturally assume there is a creator. Also, when we look at the law in our hearts, we can naturally assume there's a law giver. So, but as Ross mentioned, the natural knowledge of God can't tell us everything. Uh, just looking at nature and knowing from our conscience, there are many things about God that we can't know just from that. For example, the natural knowledge of God cannot tell us the two most important things we need to know, namely that we're sinners and that Jesus is our Savior. Now, we're going to talk about those things in great length in further episodes. You could make an argument that the entire catechism is really talking about those two things. Um, but those truths that we can't learn from creation or from our conscience have to be taught to us from God. And God teaches us those truths in his word, the Bible. Now, Tom, could you explain in a nutshell what the Bible claims about itself? Yeah, well, to put it very simply, what the Bible claims about itself is that it is, uh, in all of its parts, God's Word. Uh, it literally says that in hundreds of places in the Old Testament scriptures, uh, this is what the Lord sa says. Uh, the, the, the Lord says this. God says that. Uh, the prophets repeatedly use that phrase, and it's very, very clear that they are speaking the truths of God's Word, but all of its parts uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament are the Word of God. Uh, in the New Testament, if you were to take a look at a red-letter Bible that uh, shows which parts of the Gospels are the parts that are direct quotations of Jesus, the red-letter parts are pretty, pretty substantial. But uh, actually what the Bible claims in Old and New Testament both is that all of the parts of the New Testament, all of the parts of the Old Testament are the word of God himself in everything that God says. Thanks. 
And Tom, you mentioned quite a lot there. Um, let's explore that a little bit further. Because um, we believe it's God's word, we believe it's without error. Um, so how can the Bible be God's word without error? At the same time, we recognize that humans wrote it down. Yeah. Um, could you talk about that for a second? Sure. St. Paul says in, in uh, 2 Timothy that uh, all Scripture is God-breathed. It is given by inspiration of God, uh, is the way the King James Version phrased that. And what St. Paul is saying there is that um, uh, the, the Scriptures that Timothy learned, uh, that Paul refers to continually, the Old Testament, was given by inspiration of God. It was something that God gave the writers to to write and upon which St. Paul and Timothy and the Christian church based its faith. Uh, the same thing would be said, uh, could be said of, of uh, what Peter said in Second, uh, Second Peter chapter 1. He says that uh, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who led the biblical writers to speak the truths of God's word. And uh, I might even add that uh, Jesus, on the night of his uh, last supper with the disciples, the night that he was betrayed, uh, that very night when he spoke some of his final words, uh, very important words to the disciples, said that the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to remind you of all things that I have told you. And so this is a promise of Jesus that uh, God is going to enable them also to be speaking by inspiration of the Holy Spirit as they wrote and as they spoke uh, to the people that they were writing and speaking to in the New Testament scriptures. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tom. So from what you said, we could say that this is a supernatural phenomenon, mm -hmm. you know, that God is the one who brought all this together and made this happen. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and one of my favorite uh, passages, um, I really like when Peter says, we did not follow cleverly invented stories, but we were eyewitnesses of these things. So uh, you, you audience can't see, but Tom got a big smile when I said that. Well, yeah, <laughs> let me just add this too. Uh, not, not only does Peter say that... Um, that we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, uh, uh, it's, it's also true that, that John says some of the same things. Uh, what our eyes have seen, what our hands have touched, this is what we proclaim to you concerning the word of life. And so it's very clear that, uh, that uh, the, the, the writers of the New Testament are saying these are the things that we have heard and seen, and this is very important for us to pass this on. I'm telling you the truth, I've seen it with my own eyes. Thanks. Ross, did you want to comment about the inerrancy of God's Word before we move on? I think that if, when you talk about the inerrancy of God's Word, I think the part that just makes it so comforting is to know that everything written in there comes from God. Uh, and I don't, I don't have to worry about that. I believe that, that God breathed into these writers, used their gifts and abilities, but he told them what to say because God says, this is what I want you to know. So I take great comfort in knowing that the Bible is God's word through and through. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Now, just moving on a little bit from that concept, 
Most literature has one central theme or subject matter. And uh, we acknowledge that the Bible was written over thousands of years by many different authors. So actually, it's a collection of many different pieces of literature. Um, so that being the case, does the Bible have a central theme or message? And if so, what would that be? Ross, could you comment on that? I think if when you look at the Bible and you look at the totality of it, I think the part that it really wants to emphasize to all of us is that human beings are sinners in need of a Savior, and that Jesus Christ is that Savior. So all of Scripture really revolves around the promise of Jesus Christ, God's own Son, coming into the world, coming to save you and me. And then the great part is, is the promise that he's going to come again and take us home to live with him. So if, if you had to add it all up, yeah, it, it's all about Jesus. And Jesus is our Savior. It tells us exactly how he came to fulfill God's plan of salvation to save you and me. Yeah. And Jesus himself gave us that interpretation method uh, in various places where, for example, um, he says, uh, talking about the, the prophets and God's law, he says, these are the scriptures that testify about me. So he gave us that interpretation method and acknowledged that ultimately the central theme was, as you said, sin and then about Jesus. So those are some of the main points in the first lesson of the catechism. Uh, now that we're end of our time here, Ross and Tom, what is your one big takeaway or what is one thing you'd like to add for the sake of our audience? Tom, we'll, we'll let you go first. Sure. Um, I would say that the big takeaway is that uh, the, the, the Bible is, is God's word. It's 100% true. You can believe what God has to say to you here. You can trust that uh, God is going to tell you the truth and that this is God's word in a world where a lot of the churches are uh, taking the position that the Bible merely contains God wor God's word and that leaves it up to us as to determine, to determine as to whether this part or that part is a part that God wanted to tell us or is this just something that the human author then added on his own? Is this something that I can trust or not? Uh, we can have the assurance that what God is telling us in the scriptures is true. Thanks, Tom. Ross, any final comments? I would probably piggyback on what Tom wrote, or what Tom had to say about, about the Bible and verbal inspiration and, and understanding that this is really God's word. However, as he mentioned, there are even churches today that don't really look at God's word as as being his actual word. It's more of a, they, they've made the Bible become more of a guidebook. And that's where I think teachings and scriptural truths begin to break down. And when you begin to discuss a topic or debate a topic or a doctrine such as how does a person get into heaven, and what you have to look at is, is when you're talking with someone, do you believe that this is God's word and what it says is actually true, or don't you? And you're, you're going to get blue in the face trying to convince someone if you don't believe that the Bible is actually true. And so what do you really use as your foundation of the argument that you're intending to make or the point that you're trying to make? And that's where it can become quite frustrating when you find that even within the church there are some 
who are teaching now that the Bible is really not God's word. Well, if, if I think it is and you think it's not, we're not going to resolve our issues because our foundations are completely different. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a, a sad truth that many churches even are rejecting this. And my, my big takeaway that kind of goes along with you two is we can't give up the truth of God's word because this is God telling us about himself. God wanted us to know him and he wanted us to know about our Savior. And he teaches us that in God's word. So we, we can't give that up. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. In our next episode, we're going to continue our journey through the catechism, and we will be discussing a huge aspect of what the Bible teaches in our next lesson, which is all about God's law. We'll see you next time.